I want to pray and then we're going to talk this morning on the unreasonableness of faith. The unreasonableness of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. So Father, if we just thank you God for uh, this uh, time together. Gather together in your name. Lord, we just pray, God. We thank you. We, we just want to continue to have a thank, thankful heart, God, every day of our lives, a heart of gratitude, God. We know that thankfulness and gratitude uh, play right in hand in hand with faith, God. It, they, they're linked together, uh, God. It was, uh, it was Jonah who was in the belly of a whale, and he remembered, God, you and your word, and he began to cry out in faith and pray to you, and you delivered him out, God. We can go through wor- example after example through the Word of God, uh, of where these two things are linked together. And Father, I just pray, God, that today, that you would just speak to our hearts today and change our lives through the Word of God today. Lord, I just pray that you would just uh, help us to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, God, and just to uh, leave with a shout of faith, God, in our hearts and in our minds, uh, Lord, in our lives, God. And just uh, we, we would give you the, be careful to give you the honor and the glory and the praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews 11. And I want to read for a few minutes in Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, two more chapters to go in the book of Hebrews that we've been looking in. Today's kind of a little bit different message off of the messages that I've been giving. Next week we'll kind of get back on to the rhythm of those messages. But I wanted to do something different today with this chapter 11. And uh, I thought what better way than to show you uh, faith in a different light here. The Bible says here, Now the faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen uh, were not made of things which are visible. Listen to that first verse again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. When God says, believe, He's demanding something that is unreasonable, Daniel. It's really absolutely unreasonable what He's demanding. In fact... Faith is totally illogical. It's, it's just totally illogical. If you're looking to try to have logic involved in faith, you're in the wrong thing because there's no tangible substance that you can stand on. There's no evidence at all when God's given us these things that we're to believe. There's nothing there but the promise sometimes. There's, not, there's nothing to stand on. We're, we're to accept it without the full evidence that is available for us to see. And we're to trust in the things we can't even see yet. That's why a lot of us people think we're crazy today that we believe in a place called heaven. But you know what? I believe in it just as sure as I'm standing here that when I die and depart this earth or if the Lord comes I'm headed to heaven. Amen? I can see it. I can see it. Even though I don't see it, I can see it in my faith's eye with the mind uh, with the eye of faith and I trust it even though I've not yet been there. And so when you consider these things, when you consider the faith of Noah, look at what it says in these Uh, chapter 7. It says, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet 
seen. There it is again. Noah, being warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, the Bible says, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I mean, consider what was demanded of this man. It's totally illogical, Joe, when you think about what Noah was going to. The Bible says that he lived in a time like we're going to, like, like it's going to be again when the Lord comes. He lived in a time of violence. Violence had just wreaked havoc upon the earth, the Bible says. This generation that Noah lived in had spun completely out of control, the Bible tells us. There was unspeakable wickedness going on. And after a while, God said, enough is enough is enough. I'm going to destroy everything, the Bible says. No flesh shall be saved. And I'm going to gather every... He says, but except you, Noah. He says, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a word, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to build an ark. And for 120 years, I want you to build this thing. And I want you to call out to the generation and tell them that there's an ark of safety. Tell them there's a place they can be saved. And, and, and I want you to do that. And I'm going to give you this word, and I'm going to give you nothing else after that. You're going to have to stand on this word for all of those years. And you're going to have to do exactly what I ask you to do and what I'm showing you to do right now. I don't know about you. But that's, that is totally unreasonable. That is totally illogical what he's asking this man to do, is it not? It's just totally illogical that, that, that for 120 years that, that, that I'm going to send out this mercy call. I'm going to give 120 years of mercy. You're going to build an ark. I'm going to send rain. And, and for 40 days and 40 nights, it's going to rain on the earth. I'm going to destroy everything that's outside of that ark. And can you imagine the, 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 the bafflement going on in Noah's mind? Can you imagine after he receives that word, what he's going through? He has to accept that simply by faith. He's got to stand on that promise and, and obey it simply from a word that God has given to him. And try to grasp that. Can you imagine the doubt coming into this man's mind? There's no rain outside. Can you imagine the, the mockery and the making fun of? Why, why are you doing this, Noah? Well, God told me to do it. Well, has he spoken to you since? No, but he told me to do it. And I'm standing on that word and I'm going to do it. Well, it's been 50 years Noah, you're a fool. I don't care. I'm standing on faith. I don't, I, well, where's the evidence, Noah? It's on faith. I'm standing on faith. I believe God. I trust God and I'm obeying what He asked me to do. Amen? He was to simply accept it by faith without receiving any more direction for 120 years. And imagine him trying to grasp this. God is saying a cataclysmic uh, uh, event is going to destroy everything. Can you imagine God coming to you and Daniel and saying, I'm going to wipe out everything on planet earth. I'm going to send something that's going to destroy every human being. I'm talking babies. I'm talking animals. I'm talking everything. I'm going to wipe it all out. And here's what I'm going to do. One family, I'm going to save your family and anybody else who would get on there and build a boat. I mean, it's illogical. 
Faith is illogical if you try to reason it out and try to think about it. God is sending this thing. He's going to destroy everything. And this man has to believe simply the Word of God. He has to stand on the Word of God. He's given this mammoth task to build this ark. And he has to keep this in his heart, the Bible says. He's moved by godly fear. That's what's motivated him to keep going. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, keeping his heart moved by this godly fear, this fear of the Lord. Believe my word and don't doubt it. What I've told you will come to pass. I'm not a man that can lie. If I say it, it will surely come to pass. If I write it in the Scriptures, you can stand upon it. Standing on the promises of God. Amen. You can stand on them. And I'm not giving you any other evidence. Just my promise that if you'll build a boat, if you'll get on that boat, you will be saved. The rest of the world will be destroyed but you those eight souls will come out of that ark and those animals two by two and you can take it to the bank you can stand on it you don't have to see anything else but you stand on my word amen what an illogical picture but Noah did as God said he did as God said the Bible says and can you imagine trusting Listen to me. Trusting God's word. Faith. Not having to have anything else. But trusting God's word for 120 years. Come on. How about an 80-year-old lady? Just, just got a promise from God. Years ago, and she's sitting there still praying, still believing God, still trusting God. She doesn't have to have anything else because God spoke it to her heart 80 years ago or 40 years ago or 50 years ago. And she believes God. She's obeyed the Word. She's standing on the Word of God. And everybody calls her foolish. Everybody calls her crazy. But she believes. She believes against all hope. She believes. And, and God said to Abraham and it's a, or to Noah, it's credited to you as righteousness. You're a your trust. Look at what he says in Hebrews eleven seven. And for the obedience, the scripture says, Noah became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Now consider Abraham. Look at verse 8 and listen to what it says about Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in the tents of Isaac and of Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham, I want you to leave the country. Where to? I'm not telling you, but I want you to leave and I want you to trust me. It's totally unreasonable. It's totally illogical. It would be like me coming home and saying, Marcy, we're going somewhere. We're going to move. But where are we moving to? I, God told me to move, so we're moving. It's absolutely illogical. Think of it, ladies. How, how are you going to trust your husband in that move? Are you going to have, be able to trust him to say, I don't know where we're going, but God said, so we're going? And that's exactly, it's illogical. Faith is illogical. 
And that's exactly what we see here in the book of Hebrews. A lot of people that are standing, they hear the Word of God. They have to move by faith to believe the Word of God. And the Bible says in every instance, it's credited to them as righteousness. It's their righteousness, folks. That belief, that trust in Almighty God. It's unreasonable. It's unlogical. Yet, just like Noah, Abraham followed in verse 8. It says, he followed God into this place of faith, not knowing. And he knew that God would be with him. I'll be with you if you'll go. I'll be with you wherever you go. I'll be your shield. I'll be your buckler. I'll walk with you. Faith demanded that Abraham act on nothing but a promise, folks. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of God. When you have nothing else, you have the promises of God. You have this book as a testimony that God is faithful and true. When you're not faithful, He is still faithful. Amen? So one night Abraham has left. He's now looking up into the sky. And what does God say to him? I mean, he's past childbirth years. His wife is way past childbirth years. There's no way they're having a baby. And he's, he's come into this land and all of a sudden they look up into the sky and he says, as far as the eye can see, all these stars, can you count them, Abraham? That's going to be your descendants. How illogical is that? How foolish is that? We can't have a child and all of a sudden, but yet the promise was given and he believed it, the Bible says, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He became the father of faith. God delivered on the promise, gave him a baby, gave him a son through the promised seed called Isaac. And through Isaac, all the world has been filled with the offspring. Oh my goodness, God is so faithful. Amen. Illogical scene, yet one man's faith is translated into righteousness. What about the consider the children of Israel? Think about how God led these people. Come on, they're in bondage, the Bible says, all these years. And now God says, I'm going to move you out. And He does it so miraculously, Brenda. It's unbelievable how God moves these people out of that place. All of a sudden, it's the last night, Passover night. I want you to get an animal. I want you to slay it. I want you to eat it. I want you to have this last Passover because tomorrow we're moving out of here. I want you to put the blood on the doorpost of the uh, of, of the lintel and over the post and I'm telling you what, when we move out of here, you're going to hear a cry coming out of Egypt like you've never heard because whoever doesn't have the blood over their house just like whoever's not in the ark of safety, whoever doesn't have the faith to put the blood over the doorpost this illogical thing, kill an animal, put blood over the doorpost, are you crazy? What does that matter? We might as well not even do that tonight. That's silly that's foolish well don't do it and you're going to be dead duck you're going to be in line with the children of Egypt and, and, and the firstborn and when they wake up to a cry that night everybody who doesn't have the blood the death angel passes through all the firstborn of Egypt are killed Pharaoh's had enough of the plagues enough of this God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob get out of here go and all of a sudden they take and these three million people head out into the wilderness into the desert but all of a sudden they get out side of there and the Bible says Pharaoh has a change of heart. He gets his army. He sends them out after them. Now they're in this terrible place. They're walled in by mountains on every side. They are, they're, they're, there's a sea in front of them and now there's an army coming down on their back. What do they do? Oh my goodness, surely God would not tell us to leave. All we have was a promise that we're going into a land that is flowing with milk and honey and I'll be your God. I'll bear you up on wings 
of eagles. I'll carry you through the desert and I'll bring you into a land. But how illogical is that promise? How illogical is it now that all they can see in their circumstances is they're hemmed in? And man, why could this God who just slew the firstborn people in the land to get us out, why has He brought us here and He's not slaying the army that's on our rear end? Faith is so illogical. It's so illogical. Simply believe what I already told you. Simply stand on the word I gave you. I'm taking you out to bring you in. Stand on my word. Believe my promises. Faith is very, very demanding. Hear me, church. It's going to require much demand out of you in the days ahead. It is very, very demanding. It demands that once we hear God's word, you're to obey it. No matter the circumstances. No matter the obstacles. No matter how big or how small. It does not matter. Once the word has been given, you are to believe it with no further evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. Amen. We're to believe on it. We're to act on it. And I believe nothing's changed from the times of the patriarchs to today. I believe we're still to stand on the Word of God. We are still to believe in faith. We are still to trust the promises, the same promises they have trusted. We are still tested just like they were tested. We are still faced with the tests that don't make any sense in our lives. We are still faced with the things that we have no explanation. God, why am I going through this? God, why did this happen? God, why did the test come back negative or positive? Why is the cancer come? Why did the layoff come? Why did the job shut down? Why did the house we want all of a sudden go away? Why all, all kinds of things that we go through and we're so troubled, we're so filled with great trials and the demands of faith are totally unreasonable. So how does God answer our cries? He sends His Word. He sends His Word. He sends His promises and reminds us, trust my Word to you. Remember what I spoke to you. Remember what's already been said to you. We are still asked to trust His Word no matter what we're going through. And God doesn't have to show us how He's going to deliver. He doesn't have to show us or give us any kind of explanation when He's already given us the answer that I am going to deliver you. Amen? You have my word within your reach. And here's what happened. You remember Israel comes into the wilderness. They provoke God ten times. The great provocation it's spoken of in other places. Learn from this so you don't repeat it. Right? This is written for your example. Until the ends of the earth. And the Bible says that the word had already been made available to the Israel. They already had the promise. They already had what God had spoken. Now they're to believe it. They're to obey it. They're to trust on it. They're to stand on the promises of God. I'm going to bring you out of affliction into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Yet in each instance, God was looking for faith. He was looking for a little bit more faith and a little bit more faith. In each test, He was looking for a glimmer of this faith to be built. But He never saw it with this group. He delivered them every time. But yet, they never, each time, 
time. They would sing on the other side. There's a great message by David Wilkerson. Man, one of the greatest messages of ever. It's called Right Song, Wrong Side. Right Song, Wrong Side. They come through, Miriam dances, they play the tambourines, but it's a shallow victory because they're singing on the wrong side of the trial and the wrong side of the testing. Folks, it's when you're staring at the Red Sea. It's when the army is coming at your back. It's when the mountains are there and there's no way possible to get through. But you have a promise from God and you start singing, you start dancing, you start trusting and you start believing. My God will get me through this. I don't know how. Even when I don't see it, He's working. Even when I don't know it, He's working. He never stops working. Amen? And though you slay me, yet I trust you. And see, the word had already been made available, but every time they're murmuring, would you bring us out here to kill us? Come on, Moses. What kind of leader are you? And what kind of God do you serve? You brought us out here to die? You brought you led us into this predicament. You led us into this place. They had the word of God. They could have rested on the promises of God. They could have believed it, but they're logically thinking it out. Faith is illogical, friend. And that's why the God who is of utmost patience has no patience with unbelief. It's the sin God hates most. It's the mother of all sins. If you want to know what sin bothers God the most, unbelief. I gave you my word. I promised you. I am not a God who can lie. And yet you can tell. I showed myself to you over and over and over and over. And yet you accuse me of child neglect. He said, I am is with you. Not one promise in this book will fail. Hebrews said some, when they heard, did provoke him. In Hebrews 3.16, what did they hear? They heard the word of God. They heard the promises of God. But instead, they focused on their hopeless situation. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's so terrible. Oh, we're never going to get through. Oh, God's never going to provide. Oh, God's never going to take care of us. They focused on their hopeless situation, just like we're doing today in COVID and with all these other things, rather than focusing on the promises that God has given us in His Word. Amen. I'm with you all the way, even to the ends of the earth. Amen. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you. I'll be with you. My rod and staff, they comfort you. I chasten those whom I love. Amen. I look after you. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I've been young and I've been old, David said. And I've been taken care of. Why don't you trust me, God says. Amen. Faith means saying God has given me a promise. Come on, God has given me His Word. Your Word used to mean something. Your Word was your bond. I got news for you. With God, it's His bond. He means it. You can take it to the bank. He's not a man that can lie. God says it, He'll do it. You can take something out of this book and believe it. You can take it to the heaven's courtroom and hold Him accountable to it. If He said it, if He put it in the Brits of Scripture, it so shall it be done. Amen? Amen. 
they should have said, I'm staking everything on his word to me. But the Bible said that this generation wandered and wandered and wandered. And he was, he was weary with them because they, they provoked him because they heard his word, but they didn't mix it with faith. They didn't believe. And the Bible said eventually he let them die in the wilderness in their unbelief. They could not enter in, the Bible says in Hebrews 3, because of unbelief. Every trial passed for Israel. And God faithfully delivered and they eventually died in the wilderness for refusing to believe. They refused to lay hold of God's promises. And you know what? Guess what? God knows it's not easy. He knows, Russell, it's not easy. In fact, I'm so glad He gave us examples of this in the Word of God because out throughout the Bible we find godly men and women. I'd really be disappointed and really depressed at this point in the sermon if it didn't come to this place where I tell you that God understands there's times that even His own children, even Christians, go through unbelief because we see it all in the Word of God. Godly people who had deep tremblings of the soul because they came to this place. Over and over again, the psalmist began to ask at certain times, why is my soul so down? Why is my soul cast down? Why why do I feel useless? Why do I feel forsaken? Why do I feel helpless in my affliction? Elijah, one time, we see this great prophet, this great man of God and the Bible says he goes up under a juniper tree one time and he's begging God just kill me just take my life he's so downcast he's so to the point of giving up in his own life and we also find righteous Jeremiah the weeping prophet one time saying God you've deceived me I prophesied everything you asked me to prophesy and nothing has happened what are you doing to me God where are you so even in these times we see men and women of God going through times where unbelief comes upon their life and they begin to doubt God for a minute and God will let you cry out and God will let you go through that unbelief for a season but after a while God says now it's time to remember my word now it's time to get back into the promises of the book and to get out of unbelief and to believe what I said amen and if you refuse to do that The Bible tells us that unbelief will set in your heart like concrete. It'll just set in there. And your heart will become hardened and hardened and hardened. Well, in the New Testament, we find the most unreasonable demand of faith that God ever unleashed on mankind. The most unreasonable, just absolutely insane. The Jews were looking for a Messiah. They had spent centuries looking for this Messiah. They knew exactly logically what this Messiah would be like. Of course, this Messiah is going to be a mighty deliverer. This Messiah is going to break the yoke of Rome off our necks and off of our backs. This Messiah is going to overthrow the powers that have oppressed us for so, so long. Is this, this Messiah is going to come like this? But is this how the Messiah came? Is it? No. How did the Messiah come? The Messiah comes in one of the most illogical ways. The Messiah comes in a birth that is so illogical to the mind. It's so, it's so un, unreasonable to our minds that He comes, the Bible says, in this most weird place in this small town called Bethlehem of Judea, born in a manger, born in a, in a, in a, in a pig's uh, trough, in, a, in, a, in a, a cow's trough, there in, in, in a donkey's trough, there somewhere 
somewhere in the middle of Bethlehem in an inn, in a, or the back of an inn in a place where uh, there wasn't even room for, for this man to come. And all of a sudden the Bible says he comes. He has no earthly father. Even though Joseph is his stepfather, he has a, uh, uh, oh this is logical, he has a mother who is a virgin. Come on. And the Bible says that here the expected one comes and is born in Bethlehem of Judea. Born of a virgin in the city of David. Christ the Savior. The Savior of the world. And now all of a sudden in the holy writ of Scripture it's written, they expected this one and we are to believe on Him. We are to put our faith in this one. We are to trust this one. He, he didn't announce his lordship with armies and with all sorts of fan and flare. No, just 12 uneducated men. Just 12 regular workmen out there. The Bible says that he took alongside him. He didn't go in the schools of Gamaliel where all the other seminary guys would have gone. No, the Bible says he's out in the desert preaching. He's out by the seashore preaching. Is this how the Messiah comes? This is the most illogical thing we've ever seen. This is the most unreasonable thing we've ever seen. He has no royal birth. He has no royal lineage. And yet he claims that before Abraham existed, I am. He says, I'm the living water. I'm the bread come down from heaven. I'm man. And I'm God. If you've seen me, he said things like this. You've seen the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Eat. If you want to come after me, deny yourself. Take up your cross. And I want you to eat my flesh. And I want you to drink my blood. And the leaders hear this. And man, they are, they are enraged. They hear things. Listen to what it says about the leaders there in John 5, 24. He that heareth my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life. It takes faith, folks. To them that believe that, it's accredited to them as righteousness. I don't care how illogical it seems. It is accredited to them as righteousness. Listen to what they said. They protested telling Christ, Thou bearest record of yourself. Thy record is not true. And listen to what Jesus answered them with yet another unreasonable explanation it is written in your law that the testimony of two men is true I am one that bear witness of myself and my father that has sent me bears witness of me as well and Jesus puts the whole matter in perspective he tells them why do you not understand my speech even because you cannot hear my word Faith is unreasonable. You can't comprehend because you don't hear my word. And the same is true for every believer today. It all boils down to one issue. Trusting God with His word. You want to know when I got saved? 
When I finally opened the pages of this book, it wasn't coming down and praying to a preacher. I'd prayed a hundred prayers to preachers after seeing movies like Left Behind. Not Left Behind. Back then it was one, I don't know, man. They chased you down and put marks of the beast on you and all kinds. I mean, I remember going bowling with the youth groups and coming home and watching stuff. And man, I was the first one in the altar because I didn't want to die and go to hell. I was on that altar praying God to save my soul. But I'll tell you, when my soul got changed and when my soul got saved, because I got up from there and never, never changed anything. I just went back to my, my wrong living again. I wanted fire insurance but I didn't know the Savior. But I'm going to tell you what, in 1994 I, I, my, I, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I came to believe He is who He says He was. And it was when I finally opened up the Scriptures and I began to say, God, I don't care who everybody says you are. I want to know who you are. And when I began to open the pages of the Scripture and I said, the Holy Spirit revealed to me Christ. And when I did, it started I began to eat his flesh and I began to drink his blood and I began to have part of him and my eyes of faith began to be open and I didn't care how illogical it seemed. Jonah in a well, absolutely Jonah in a well. You're God. You can do anything. David in, with a little stone in a sling, absolutely you're God. You're the creator of heaven and earth. If man can put a, a person on a moon and send a rocket with a candle up, its, uh, up the back end of it and get it to the moon, then surely God, you can kill a a giant in a valley. Amen? I don't have to see it. I believe it. And, 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 and to this day, folks, I'm telling you, I've, I, it all boils down to trusting God's Word. To this day, God is impatient with people's unbelief. Listen, we have more sermons right now going across this world than any other time in history. And I dare to say, we have more gospel going out into the world. A lot of wrong gospel going out in the world too. And I would dare to say that right now, I've never seen more unbelief than I've ever seen in the history of mankind. Amen? Amen. There's so much unbelief. And, and, and still, one reason we see such little victory in our lives is because we don't believe it. We don't believe the Word of God. God has spoken with clarity about the last days. God has spoken with clarity in His Word about salvation. God has spoken with clarity about, about the creation. God has spoken with clarity about the new birth. God has spoken with clarity about the new heaven and the new earth. And He tells us exactly what He needs for us to know. And yet the Bible says, He says, I've already given you my Word. It's finished. It's complete. Stand on it. And the problem is that it will never come by logic. And Americans and the Roman Greco minds got to continue to just try to figure it out. Prove it. All these things. But believing is trusting and acting on it. You said it. I believe it. And I'm going to do it. Amen. It's just that simple. It's like the ABCs of salvation. Amen. It's, it's just simple. Just, just, just believe and confess and acknowledge that you're a sinner. Acknowledge, believe, and, and confess that you're a sinner. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, God, for your word. Lord, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. But by it, the elders obtained a great report. God, by it, we see in Hebrews 11, 
that Abel offered God a more excellent sacrifice. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. He was and he was not found because God took him. Noah, being divinely warned of things to come, built an ark for the saving of his family. Faith causes us to do crazy things by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into a place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he would go because you told him to go and you told him he would be the heir of all things. By faith Sarah also received strength and conceived a seed that was born of her, the promised seed. And though her womb being dead, God, yet, Lord, you told her that there was going to be the promised one come through her and through that eventually was going to come the Messiah God. These all died in faith not having received the promise yet seeing it afar off but they confessed they're strangers and pilgrims in this land God and Lord they had a better promise in heaven. By faith Abraham when he was tested offered up Isaac and he received the promise because God you would have raised him up but he believed you God even if you killed him he knew you would raise him up again. God by faith Isaac uh, blessed Jacob and Esau God by faith we just see over and over Moses when he was born was hidden three months because his parents believed God by faith oh Lord by faith he he forsook Egypt God and 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 did he became the deliverer by faith the walls of Jericho what kind of illogical thing do you do when you tell a people to go march around an impenetrable uh, uh, walls that cannot be penetrated Lord how I can imagine people saying this is stupid I'm quitting Lord that's what we would do in this generation I'm quitting this is so stupid and we just stop halfway along but they didn't stop they believed God and they gave a shout and the walls came coming down God by faith by faith by faith you gave a word and they did it Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel they stopped mouths of lions they quenched the violence of fire they escaped the sword they became valiant in battle women received their dead to life again others had mockings and scourgings and chains and imprisonment Others were stone, sewn and sawn in two. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destituted, afflicted, and tormented, and of whom the world was not worthy of them. Lord, they lived in dens and caves, and all these obtained a good testimony through faith. They did receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Dear God, let us be joined in with these people in Hebrews 11. God, I believe it even though I don't see it, God. I believe it because your word says it. I'm going to stand on it, God. And when I begin to doubt, I'm going to go back into the word of God and remind myself of the promises of God. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to act on your word just like just like Abraham take your son your only son Isaac take him up and slay him God I want that kind of faith dear God I want faith God I want faith you said when you come will you find faith on this earth God will you find faith find it in me find it in this group of believers God you said these people believed against all hope and God you brought them through with a good testimony through faith and God one day we're going to stand in heaven and Lord, every one of us are going to have the testimony of faith. We're here because of faith. We believed you, God. You said you were the Son of God. You said you were the I Am. You said before Abraham was, you were. God, I didn't think I could be delivered out of the things I was delivered out of, but your Son delivered me. 
And God, I'm alive. I'm alive because of you. And I'm standing here by grace through faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, if there's one here that doesn't know you as their son or their daughter, may they cast themselves, Lord, on on the unreasonableness of faith today. And may you give them eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to believe that you are the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Savior of the world, the God of the universe. Lord, do it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here this morning and you say, I've had doubt in my heart towards Christianity. I've gone to church a long time, but man, the world just has come against me and it's caused me not to even really know or believe that my parents' religion or my grandparents' religion or the the God that has been the God of this nation for so long is even real or alive or even wants to save And you say, but I'm willing today to cast myself on on this by faith. Listen, you're a sinner, the Bible says. The Bible tells us we're all sinners. And we've all come short of the glory of God. And there's no one righteous in this room. No, not one. But, but, But out of the love of God, he became a man. And he came and he put on flesh. And, and, and he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And he paid He gave his life's blood on the cross to pay for the wickedness of mankind. Lived a perfect life that you and I could not live. That the first Adam could not. He fulfilled it and through him and by this payment all men can be saved. And today if you'll simply, simply open your heart and acknowledge. ABCs. Acknowledge. I am a sinner God. I have sin in my life. If I were to stand before you today I would be guilty. And I I would deserve hell. But I believe that you were sent to pay the penalty for my sin. And I accept it into my heart. And I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and and, and that you are God. And that with you I can be saved. If that's you and you want to be saved today, would you shoot your hand up and say, I'm willing to stake all of this on the unreasonableness of faith. I'm going to believe by faith that God is able to save my soul. Is there one person in this room you say, I want to be saved. I want to be born again of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we love you, and we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you, God, for your power. We thank you, God, for your provision, Lord. And I just pray that something today was said, God, that we'll go home. Lord, how how does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we just praise you in Jesus' name. I'm I'm about to close, but let me say one more thing. Let me just show you a little demonstration, and this is it. We're not going to sing a song. We're not going to do anything. I'm going to let you out of here so that hopefully you can come back tonight. But, but let, let's just say that a conversation between you and the Lord, this is you, you're discouraged like a lot of people are today. I'm going to show you how in three, three Psalms is enough to drive out all unbelief. You, you, you need to be in the Word, okay? You need to be in the Word now, yourself, by yourself. You need to be in the Word of God. Just take it easy. You don't have to get all... You know, uh, just start somewhere. Start eating a little bit of the word each day, and 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 you'll grow and you'll hunger more and more and more. But 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 listen to the to the Christian that says, "Lord, I'm so down and I'm so discouraged. I'm so overwhelmed." Maybe the Lord would lead you to something like this to remember in your doubt. 
Maybe he would lead you to Psalms 32, 6 through 8, where it says this. I give you my word, okay, to the discouraged Christian in here. I give you my word, for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which you shall go. I will guide you with mine eye. Or what about the Christian who says today, I feel so helpless. My strength is nearly gone in this room. Fear and doubts plague my mind. I don't think I can go on. Maybe God would say something like this and remind you of something like this. I give you my word. Psalms 33. Listen to it. The eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him. Upon them that hope in His mercy. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Amen? Come on. And then maybe the last one, uh, uh, when you feel offended, you, you, you say, Lord, sometimes I just feel I, I feel I must have offended you, God. I feel like you're mad at me, and I feel like even if I came to you, 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 would, uh, uh, you wouldn't want me. And, 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 and this is just going on in my mind, and the Lord would say this maybe. I give you my word in Psalms 34, and it goes like this. This poor man cried to the Lord, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him, the Bible says. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The righteous cry and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all their trouble. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. The Lord redeems the soul of his servant and none of them that trust him shall ever be desolate. That's three psalms that ought to just... Just shoot an arrow of unbelief out of your heart. But where does faith come by? Hearing and hearing by the Word. Amen? You need to have this in your ears. Amen? Constantly. Hallelujah. So, Father, again... Speak to our hearts, change our lives. Lord, let us rest in your promises. And Father, let us hear your word, trust it, and obey it. Because in it is rest. And Father, we need rest in the coming days, God. Lord, we're headed after the end of the holidays. And Father, after the holidays, Lord, there's ramping up all kinds of things in the world again. Lots of things are about to go on. But God, we're your people who stand on the promises of God. We don't, have to have, we don't have to see the circumstances change. We already have your promises. We already have your word. God, we don't want to be like we were with the first wave of COVID hit. God, we don't, want to be, we don't want to be freaking out. We don't want to be losing our minds. We want to be standing on the word of God. We want to be believing the promises of God. Lord, we want to believe that you're going to take us to the other side. And God, in the meantime, there's a lot of other little ships with us, and we want them to come with us. And we want to say, hey, we know where we're going. We know where we're going, and we want y'all to come with us, God. We want to be leading people in 2022 to our God. And so, Lord, we just thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.